Okay, I've been on a series of divine lies. It's 725. Divine lies. What are divine lies? See, am I on? Uh, ooh, I think we are on the right side. Yes, these are, these are the divine lies as we've done them so far. I get this, of course, out of the book of Jeremiah and the book of Ezekiel, where he talks about the, he blame. who could you blame for Israel going bad? Well, God blames a few people. He blames, number one, the priests, preachers. He blames the preachers. Ezekiel 3, Ezekiel 33, and some I think Ezekiel 34, he uses, and he, and he basically says they, they, they uh, didn't do what they were supposed to do. They didn't speak the truth like they were supposed to speak it. They made people feel good rather than make them tell them the truth. And consequently, the nation went off into evil, and God eventually had, of course, judge them with Assyria first, to the northern tribes, and then Babylon, the southern two tribes. And Ezekiel is tough on them through the Holy Spirit, showing them, hey, your preachers went bad. Leadership, everything's been said, everything rises and falls on leadership, and they're probably a pretty good statement. So one of the, one of the divine lies today is, under grace, our sins do not really matter. Keeping rules makes you righteous. The world's music can be used in worship. Women can teach and preach men. I should say women would be permitted to. They, may, they can teach and preach men, but it's not biblical. Tongues is a heavenly language. That's false. God wants you healthy and wealthy. That's false. We should cooperate with disobedient brothers. That's false. Jesus is not God or deity. That's false. Hell is not a real place of torment and not eternal. That, those two things are both false. Here's some more divine lies. We're going to last one tonight. There's no difference between holy and unholy. Haggai deals with that. There are many roads to heaven. That's another falsehood. Salvation is like buying a life insurance policy. That is a falsehood. Salvation consumes you. Uh, it says in Hebrews, our God is a consuming fire. God wants to consume you. He don't want you on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He wants you Monday through Sunday. He wants you 24-7. He wants to consume you. And you want to be consumed by the grace of God. Baptism is required for salvation. We, I showed you clearly in the Bible that's not so. It's a falsehood. Even though we're for baptism. Hey, we're big on baptism, but not part of being saved after you get saved. Communion. Elements change into the body and blood of Christ. Went and showed you how that's false, another divine lie. Tonight, we're going to talk about the last one. We do not need the Old Testament. I don't believe we'll get done tonight with the time, but we'll see what happens. Okay, we do not need the Old Testament. Hyper-dispensationalism is where you pick this up. There are people out there that believe the only part of the Bible that you need to read or makes any difference is Acts, some of them Acts chapter... One, some of them say Acts chapter 13, through Jude. That's the only books that really count. The rest of it was for another dispensation. That's why they call it a hyper-dispensationalist. They divide the Bible up that way and kind of chop it up. This section applies to this. You don't and lessen the, really lessen the power of the Bible. And I'm going to show you why. So what does the New Testament say about this whole thought? Some thoughts first. All of what Jesus quoted from Scripture was the Old Testament. Everything he said, and quoting a Bible, was from the Old Testament. I think the Old Testament is pretty good. Uh, the scripture that the apostles referred to in the New Testament was the Old Testament. 
because they didn't have the New Testament. They wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit the New Testament, but they didn't have it until they wrote it. And then it was distributed in copies throughout the local churches. And so it wasn't widely known of. So I noticed some interesting verses here in Luke. Uh, then, then, G- then he said unto them, Jesus, O fools, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and not and entered into his glory? And the, at the, So Jesus then at the beginning began to explain to them at the beginning at Moses and all the prophets expounded or explained unto them in all the what? Well, what was that? That's the Old Testament. Things concerning himself. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while, we, while he talked to us with us by the way, while he opened to us the... What scripture is he talking about? It's the Old Testament. You need a familiarity with the Old Testament. If you're going to be balanced in Christ, you need to know the Old Testament. Have to be familiar with it. You need to know, oh, there's just a lot of things you need to know about the Old Testament. Where the New Testament, don't have gone go on here. And he said unto them in 24, 44 through 45, These are the words which I spoke, spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, in the prophets and Psalms. That's the three divisions of pretty much the three divisions of the Old Testament concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. What scriptures is he talking about? The Old Testament. How do you understand the Bible? Do the Jehovah Witnesses understand the Bible? Do the Mormons understand the Bible? Do the liberal theologians understand the Bible? No. They have the semantics of the Bible. They know that a lot of them may know the chapter content of the Bible. They know the dates the the books of the Bible were written and what who the people were who wrote the books. They know a lot about the Bible, especially your liberal theologians, very smart people. They know a lot about the Bible, but they don't know the God of the Bible, the Lord Jesus Christ. They deny a lot of the Bible, they deny it to be so. They deny it to be inspired of God. They believe it's a collection. There may, maybe, maybe out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, maybe Mark is the best of the four Gospels. And I say every word of all four Gospels is the best. Because I believe the Bible, all Scripture is given by God, inspiration of God. So God has to open your understanding to you can understand the Scriptures. The, the Bible's not like another book. It's like you have to have the Holy Spirit's supernatural intervention to understand the Bible. That means your heart's got to be right or God's not going to give it to you. So if you're born from above, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You've already meant to repentance and faith in Christ. You're born from above. You're part of the family of God, right? And so now that's the key that opens the lock to the understanding of scriptures. And he lets you understand the Bible. I often, don't, don't read the Bible without saying, God, help me understand this. Don't read the Bible without saying, Lord Jesus, without you, I can't understand what I'm reading. I may know the semantics of it. I may know the details of it. I may know the content of it, but I'll not know what it means. That's the only way you could explain the Jehovah's Witnesses. 
They know that book front and back, back and side to side. A lot of, I've met some Joe Witnesses, very knowledgeable in the Bible. They don't have a clue what the thing says. The 20 major doctrines of the Jehovah Witness are simply 20 contradictions of what we believe the Bible says. How could that be possible? Except they didn't have the Spirit of God. So when you go into the Bible without the Spirit of God, you come up with some of the wildest, crazy things. I mean, you just, you just can look at some of the false religions out there and see what they come up with when they're going around the book. Paul used the only Bible he uh, had while evangelizing. So he evangelized a lot, and he used what? The Old Testament. He knew it. He was well-versed well in as a Pharisee. And Paul, in his manner, went in unto them with three Sabbaths, reasoning with them out of the Scriptures in Thessalonica there. What Scripture was that? That was the Old Testament. So for he mightily convinced the Jews that publicly, I like the way that's spelled, showing by the Scriptures that Jesus was Christ. So he showed by the Old Testament that Jesus was Christ. Could you do that? Sometimes I think in the New Testament church, we fail, we over-concentrate on the New Testament to the place we don't know the Old Testament. A lot of people just read the New. They don't want to read the Old, but they need to read both. It's one book by one author which happened to use 40-some-odd men to do it. But it's the Holy Spirit wrote the whole thing. And we'll talk about that in a minute here. So the New Testament speaks of the Old Testament use and value. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, that's the Old Testament, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, that's the Old Testament, might have hope. That's a good verse. So here in Corinthians 10.6, now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. He's talking about the Old Testament. So how do you know what they lusted after unless you read the Old Testament? In other words, you, you read the Old Testament, you learn what not to do. You also learn what to do on the positive side of it. You also learn who God is. I don't believe you can understand the holiness of God and why Jesus had to come and die on the cross unless you understand the God of the Old Testament. You have to understand how he hates sin. You have to understand what sin is, and you get a good picture of that through the law of Moses. In uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, now all these things happen unto them for examples, again examples, and samples, examples. They are written for our admonition. That means it's going to do us some good upon whom the ends of the world are come. So, the Old Testament is important. You got to have it. You need it. I'm not saying it's easy. It's much longer than the New Testament. In fact, it's been said if you take the Old Testament quotes out of the New Testament, because they're Old Testament quotes, that four fifths of the Bible is Old Testament. Statistically, if you take the Old Testament quotes in the New Testament, four fifths of the Bible is Old Testament. So when you say, I only need to know the New Testament, you're only knowing a fifth of what God wants you to know. It's not easy. I'm not, I'm not telling you it's easy to do. But those things which are good usually are hard to do, aren't they? How many have been married over 50 years? It wasn't easy. It was hilarious, but it wasn't easy. Also, all 
all something. I wonder if I need a new pair of glasses. All script per. So what I meant to say was all scripture is all scripture. When it says this way, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. How much scripture? It's profitable. It's profitable. It's profitable. It's profitable. It's profitable. I don't get much out of the Old Testament. Keep reading it. I don't get much out of it. Keep reading it. All scripture is profitable. That's faith. Believing that's so. For doctrine, for reproof. For correction, for instruction of righteousness, for instruction in righteousness. Why? Well, that you, the man of God or woman of God, may be perfect. That means completed, whole, mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You have to know the whole book to get the whole picture, and you don't get you don't get imbalanced one way or another. You get you kind of a balance. Why? When you know the Old Testament, you you really understand uh, some of the weight of sin that was laid upon Jesus. You, 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 in Isaiah 53 where it says, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He put him to grief. The Father, Jesus said, I'm going to be the payment for every sin that ever was committed. The Father agreed. But he didn't lay back. He didn't take it easy on him. He didn't hold back. Because a just judge would not do that. And he laid upon Jesus the full penalty for the sin of mankind. All of it. The whole thing. All of it. It pleased the Lord to bruise him and put him to grief. That's an amazing statement. Because many of you are parents. And you know how hard that would be to do to your own child. Now, that's humanly speaking. Forgive me for that. Knowing this, that no prophecy of the scripture of what? The scripture, spelled right, is of any private interpretation. That means no one scripture stands by itself. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, that's the Old Testament, but holy man of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Uh, a lot of, of false teaching, a lot of false teaching comes from one or two places in the Bible. One or two places. You can't take one scripture and make a doctrine on it. You've got to compare that one scripture to the first mention, comparative mention, the last mention. You have to look at the whole. If it's the right interpretation, your interpret if your if your interpretation is right on that verse, it will harmonize with everything else taught about that subject in the Bible. Well, see, when the Jehovah's Witnesses say there's no real burning hell. I can go to verse after verse after verse that contradicts that and it causes disharmony with the rest of the Bible. And so that's false. Right? People say when you die, you soul sleep. Oh. Well, I can go to many places in the Bible. Paul said to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. I, it's, uh, the soul's under the altar, under the altar in Revelation chapter 6. So you can go to other places of Scripture and say, well, there seems to be consciousness after death, you can go to the Luke 16. You can, you can say, okay, what about that guy? He was in hell lifted of his eyes in torment. He don't seem like he's sleeping. And Lazarus, the rich guy, he don't seem like he was sleeping. 
So that's soul sleep's false. You conclude by looking at the Bible, the rest of the Bible, that was false. And we're warned there's going to be a lot of faults out there. So lastly, Peter refers to Paul's writing of the Bible and also in all his epistles, letters, speaking of them, of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, amen, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, that means to twist, as they do also the other scriptures under their own destruction. What scriptures was he referring to? The only ones they knew about, the Old Testament. And then the ones Paul wrote, including what Paul wrote as scripture. That's a powerful inspiration verse, by the way. Okay. Short conclusion. You believe that? I'll tell you another one. Okay. The Old Testament is inspired by God for the believer. He did it for you. He did it for you. The New Testament is inspired by God for the believer, for you and me. Uh, through the law, though the law is finished, yet we learn which God, who God is and his holiness from the law. I'll get that. The law basically tells you how bad you are, and you can't, you're not, you can't stop. You keep doing it. You says that you shouldn't. Well, here's the law. Here's the summation of the Ten Commandments: four vertical, six horizontal, and yet you break those, and then you do it again. It just tells you you need some outside help. We need outside help called salvation in Christ, and that's what we get. It. We learn our violations from the law. We learn our need for a savior from the law. Christ, the law is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. We learn about the first coming and second coming of Christ really from the Old Testament, very well put in Old Testament. We're greatly comforted by the Old Testament Psalms and Proverbs. And our Old Testament and New Testament are one book with one author and one theme. Nine Lies. Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and then fifteen, which we did tonight. I did that because repetition builds learning. All these are more done in the name of Jesus by false teachers. It doesn't surprise me that there's a lot of different religions. It doesn't surprise me that even among Christianity, there's just all kinds of different views. It doesn't surprise me because there's a devil. And there are, when man, without the Holy Spirit, gets his hands on something, he'll twist it. There's false teachers. There are, they are false because they are not true. That's deep. They contradict the written words of God. They change the word of God either by adding to it or subtracting from it. One of the problems, there's this, this new little miniseries called The Chosen. The Chosen miniseries. What scares me about the chosen is how flippantly they handle the Bible. You ever watched any of those little, little miniseries? I have watched a few of them. Now, there's a few things I like about them, but I'm, I'm, I'm scared for the guy who's doing it because someday he's going to face a God who wrote the Bible and they say, when, did I ever tell you Jesus joked around? Do you find that in the New Testament anywhere? 
Bible says in Old Testament, he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. I think it was hard for Jesus even to walk among us. Think of where he came from. They got him joking. They got a little YouTube, the best jokes of the chosen. Jesus jokes, where he tells jokes to his disciples. They laugh. They're laughing and having a big old time. I don't know. I don't see it in the Bible. That's adding, taking away from. I would never do that. Things that are different are not the same. When you change something, you change something. Be very, very careful. Handle and hold the Word of God very, with great fear of the Lord. I should say it maybe that way. Some common sense thoughts here. Something that is false creates more problems than it cures. It has contradictions in different places of the Bible. I mentioned that. Stick with what has been hammered out doctrinally through 2,000 years of Bible-believing folks. They call that orthodox theology. What is orthodox? Orthodox theology is, the, is what we would use the word fundamental. Fundamental or orthodox. <clears throat> that which has been agreed upon by thousands and maybe, yay, hundreds of thousands, maybe, yay, millions of Christians that have come and gone and read their Bible and said these are the main teachings of the Word of God, uh, it would make sense to me that if you come up with something new after almost 2,000 years of people reading the Bible, it's probably wrong. Right? Makes sense to you? If you listen, at 2023, if we haven't hammered out by now what the major doctrines of Scripture are, when are you ever going to do it? I believe the major doctrines of Scripture were hammered out within 100, 100 A.D. Don't read commentaries more than you read the Bible. Don't get your theology off the Internet. There's a lot of false teachers on the internet that sound really good, but they're teaching. If you don't know the Bible enough to compare what they say with the Scripture, they, I know I've had people get hung up on that stuff and get caught up on it and hurt them. Most false teaching is allegorical in nature and not literal. That's one way to pick it up. This Israel war, man, they're coming out of the woodwork. These guys are coming out of the woodwork to tell you what's going on. They don't know what's going on. You don't know where we are in history. All we know is we're in the last days, somewhere in the last days. We don't know where in those last days we are. The rapture could be 100 years from now, 300 years from now, 500 years from now. Remember, time with God is not like time with you. You live 100 years, you think it's got to happen. The old boys, that when Israel became a nation in 48, man, it raised a fervor among, among uh, fundamentalists. And then when I was raised as a kid, they preached on, man, we're close. We're right here. I mean, Jesus is going to come. All them boys are dead. They were wrong. Now, nothing wrong with preaching imminent return of the Lord. He can come tonight. He can come now. Before my voice hits the back of the room, he can come. Always be ready. That's what that teaching's about. Always be ready to meet your Savior. Never assume my Lord tarrieth so that I can do my thing. Don't do that. That's foolish. That's foolish. But assume that any moment Christ can come. It'll keep you where you ought to be. It'll help you. I'm going to go get drunk tonight. Don't do it. I'm going to go commit adultery tonight. Don't do it. I'm going to go out and have my fling. Don't do it. Don't do it. Take the Bible literally in its natural form, but not allegorical. That's what we're seeing. 95% of the Bible is similar. I think Brother Hiles said this one time, and a number of people 
the love Jesus have said this. 90% of the Bible is simple, plain, easy to be understood by born-again Christians. The 5% you don't understand, the Holy Spirit will help you. Well, he's got to help you understand all of it. But it's also been said this way. 95% of what God wants you to know, he put in the Bible. 5% he'll lead you with the Holy Spirit. Amen? You need leading. You need Holy Spirit leading. We need Holy Spirit leading. We go door to door, man. I'm always asking for Holy Spirit leading when I come up to those doors. I don't know those people. I don't know the background of those people. I don't know what's going on. I need to give me the right verse to say. Give me, give me the right illustration to talk about. Uh, may I look pleasant. May I look friendly. You know, I used to, once in a while, they used to bring, well, they still do some, bring kids to the door to door kids. I, it's fabulous calling with kids. You know, you have a kid, you have an eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid calling with you, and you get up and knock on the door, and they want, oh, 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 hi, honey, how you doing? I get it much better. Actually, I've been calling my wife quite a bit. That's been an improvement, too. You know, they look at her, and they say, well, I want to be mean to him, but I can't because she's with him, you know. But when two men go up to the door, they, they lay it on you. They don't give a rip about it. They lay it on you. Two men. It's, that's, a, that's a tough way to call. The Bible's not trying to hide truth, but to reveal truth. The Bible is not trying to hide things from us. There's a lot of false teaching about a super code. Super code, you know, there's a code behind a code, and it's trying to say something. It's not, that's all false. Don't even go that way. Don't bother. Complex, super hidden, only a few have ever seen this type interpretation is simply wrong. God's people have been have plowed the book thoroughly and know its message. We understand the major doctrines of Scripture. Stick with what is time-tested and works. I believe the King James Bible is the best Bible in the English language. You don't really need any other of those books. Memorize it, love it, hug it, sleep on it, and it'll take you all the way home in good stead. It'll take you home in good stead. And I'm not saying I haven't read. I've read the NASV four or five times. I read the NIV at least twice. I read the uh, New King James two, three times from cover to cover. <clears throat> they, don't, they don't beat the King James Bible. Remember that the rest of the church from the apostles were given the Bible too. Now here I'm going to try to reason with you on this. The new versions are not right. I believe the Westcott and Hort versions, based on Westcott and Hort uh, Greek manuscripts, there's about five of them, main, main five, two main ones and then some other minor ones. I don't believe they're right. Because basically the presumption is this. In the 1800s, these manuscripts were brought forth. The Vaticanus, Alexandrus, and two or three other smaller ones. And with those five manuscripts, they corrected the received texts which had come up from 200 A.D. on. Here's what doesn't make sense about that to me. So for 17 centuries, people didn't have the right Bible. That's what they're saying. The Westcott and Hort are basically saying, and they're dead, they're saying that everybody before them didn't have the real Correct Bible. Does that sound like God to you? That sounds the way God, that sounds to you like the way God works. 
The text of the Bible for 17 centuries plus, God did not abuse those who used it. It was and is the word of God to be died for. If I may say John Fox and Fox's Book of Martyrs. It was a received text I'm talking about now. Where, where all of the languages of the Bible came out of. Received text is a collection of manuscripts, about 6,000 manuscripts. But anyway, beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. How do you like that picture? Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Don't you give in to them. Be careful. That's what Ezekiel says. He said the divine lies, they made no difference between that which is holy and that which was unholy. And they corrupted the children of Israel. And consequently, God came in and judged them. Father in heaven, thank you for tonight, for the word of God. Thank you. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.